800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. Good afternoon. Jordan Lewis from the Capital City on KINY. Authorities in southeast Alaska were responding Tuesday to a landslide that scattered debris across a highway. In a notice posted on social media, the city and borough of Wrangell said local search and rescue efforts were ongoing to sift through debris near the community of about 2,000 people, located about 155 miles south of Juneau. Local crews were working with authorities that included the U.S. Forest Service, the U.S. Coast Guard, Alaska State Troopers, and the Alaska Department of Transportation and Public Facilities. The initial posting didn't indicate whether anyone was missing or trapped. However, it has been confirmed that at least one person has died and others are believed missing. The slide occurred at about 9 p.m. Monday. A preliminary survey determined three homes are in the direct path, the trooper said in a statement. The statement also added that the body of one deceased individual was located during the hasty search. Multiple individuals are believed to have been within the slide area when the landslide occurred and are believed to be missing. The Alaska Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management plan to send a staff member to Wrangell today to determine what support the community needs from the state agency spokesperson Jeremy Zidek saying, quote, they were dealing with things in the dark last night and weren't able to give us a whole lot of information. They're obviously focused on trying to account for people. The governor earlier this morning issued a verbal disaster declaration. On November 17, 2023, following a two-week trial, a Juno jury found 47-year-old Sonia Helen Tatum guilty of multiple counts for the June 17, 2019 murder of Gregory Bowen and the February 13, 2016 stabbing of Michael Garrison. The jury convicted Tatum of two counts of murder in the second degree, one count of manslaughter, and two counts of assault in the first degree. After evidence presented at trial, the jury convicted Tayden for the February 2016 incident where Tayden stabbed her boyfriend, Michael Garrison, in the femoral artery. Tayden refused to call 911, so Garrison, a trained combat medic, was able to apply an improvised tourniquet and call 911. Garrison refused to tell first responders what had occurred. The jury also convicted Tayden for the June 2019 incident where she stabbed her boyfriend, Gregory Bowen, in the abdomen at his home in Juneau. Tayden made five other phone calls before calling 911, and when responders arrived, she blamed Bowen for cutting himself. Bowen died on June 29th of 2019 after being medevaced to Seattle, and Tayden was later charged for that offense. The court joined the two cases for a single jury trial, which began on November 2nd and concluded with the jury's five guilty verdicts on November 17th. The Juno jury heard from 28 witnesses and deliberated for less than one day before returning the verdicts. Tayton is being held without bail pending sentencing, which is scheduled for March 8, 2024 at 8.30 a.m. The second-degree murder charges and the manslaughter charge will be merged at sentencing, and Tayton faces a sentencing range from 27 years to 119 years. And Head Start, a federally funded early childhood program for children from low-income families, is Alaska's largest early childhood program. Head Start programs have been among the child care and early education centers clamoring for financial help in recent years as they struggle to pay staff and keep prices in the range that families can afford. A proposal from the Biden administration would increase the pay for Head Start teachers whose salaries have not kept pace with other industries, according to Kari Garvin, director of the Office of Head Start at the Administration for Children and Families at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. He visited Alaska last month. Garvin went on to say the feedback that was shared in Alaska is consistent with what we have tended to hear from other programs across 
the country as well. Some of these programs have had to, unfortunately, close some classrooms because they just have not had the opportunity to hire all of the qualified staff that they needed, including teachers. The proposed rule would raise the average Head Start teacher's salary by $10,000, improve benefits, and increase access to mental health support. These changes are all responses to the early child care workforce crisis that has closed one in five Head Start classrooms nationwide despite waiting lists for children to get into programs. Once the final rule is published, Garvin said it can be funded one of two ways. Congress can allocate the money necessary to boost staff pay for Head Start. Or, if Congress doesn't fund or fully fund the rule, individual Head Start programs will have to work within their budgets to make the salary changes. Coming up next on News of the North, Sea Alaska Heritage Institute will open its Walter Soboloff building to all second grade students in the Juneau School District. That story is next on News of the North. Welcome back to News of the North. Sea Alaska Heritage Institute will open its Walter Soboloff building to all second grade students in the Juneau School District as part of a national program to promote experiences and learning in the arts to all children, to create equitable access to arts, education programs, and resources for K-8 students. The Kennedy Center works with 28 sites across the country, and Juneau was selected as the 11th site in 2013. The program provides an opportunity for SHI to expose children to Southeast Alaska native cultures and arts, according to SHI President Rosita Worrell. Worrell went on to say, It is so important to teach children about the native worldview to promote cross-cultural understanding. We are thrilled that ch- school children will come to the Walter Sobolot building to learn about the Clinkett, Haida, and Simshian. Sea Alaska Heritage first participated in the program in 2015, and the arts excursions are slated to occur annually each fall semester. This year's arts excursion to the Walter Soboloff Building is scheduled for November 27th through 29th and December 1st. And the University of Alaska is hosting a listening session for Alaska contracting and design companies as a part of an ongoing review of UA's design and construction contracting practices. The session will allow companies to provide first-hand feedback on what works well and what could use improvement, as well as provide updates on ongoing process improvement. The listening session will be held via Zoom from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Tuesday, November 28th. The university's ultimate goal is to provide flexible options to the university construction departments, achieve maximum competitiveness, and receive good value for the university and its stewardship of state dollars. The session aims to accomplish three major goals, number one being public feedback. The university wants to hear how it can be a better partner with Alaska's construction industry. In particular, they want to hear from businesses that do not currently contract with them, to understand and identify barriers or concerns that prevent such partnerships. UA Leadership will also be providing updates on guidelines to be used for construction departments to determine the appropriate project delivery method and approval process. The university will also be providing an update on its strategy it is pursuing for managing its backlog of deferred maintenance projects as well as investing in critical capital projects. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis.